What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your buddy Gavin, filibuster freestyle host, and apparently the curator of filibusterfreestyle.com. That's our website. Hope you're enjoying the days before March Madness, or in this case, a couple of days after March Madness, when you'll probably be listening to this actual podcast. Got a special treat for all you Southern Charm fans out there. I didn't have one. No, I had two pundits, two experts on Southern Charm. Join me via a new app, unofficial sponsor of the week called House Party. Check it out. Took me a little while to get used to on the pod, but regardless, worked really well. Those two pundits are Dara Ritchie O'Brien and Cindy Harrington. Uh, really excited to talk with them about season four of Southern Charm. We also reviewed the How We Got Here special on Southern Charm from Bravo, which recapped seasons one, two, and three. We did some highlights, some lowlights, and some outlandish speculations on what is going to happen to Catherine, T-Rav, and the crew, and our boy Andy Cohen from Bravo uh, on this podcast. Unofficial sponsors of the week. Not going to lie, a couple of my favorites. Number one, they're back and they're better than ever. Girl Scout cookies. I got some Thin Mints and some Samoas in my freezer as we speak. The aforementioned House Party app and the aforementioned Bravo TV. Bravo, take a bow. Great stuff um, on Southern Charm especially. I don't know how I got converted, but basically Dara told me I had to watch it and I had to do a podcast on it. The rest is history. Here comes the theme song. Thanks for listening as always. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, like us, and feel free to share us and leave a review. Help other people find the podcast. Speaking of podcast, hashtag tripod. That's T-R-Y-P-O-D. Hashtag tripod. Uh, if you want to share podcasts in general that you like, not just a freestyle, it's something that NPR and some of their podcasts are trying to get out there because apparently like 50 to 80% of Americans have never heard of a podcast. we got to change that, especially this one, the Filibuster Freestyle. Feel free to like us, and when, and when you share, especially on Twitter, you can hit it up at a little thing called hashtag tripod, that's T-R-Y-P-O-D, and obviously if you're on Twitter, hit me up at Gavin Viano, or hit up Chief Marketing Officer Andrew Patterson at FB underscore freestyle. Here comes the theme song. Ladies and gentlemen, really interesting topic and really interesting mode of transportation and or communication today. It's your buddy Gavin, it's Filibuster Freestyle, and I am here being watched by two of our pundits and watching them both simultaneously through an app called House Party. Joining me from Boston, Cindy Harrington, and from Philadelphia, Dara Richie O'Brien, which can only mean one thing, and we'll tell you in a minute. But ladies, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm just, just doing a podcast live. And uh, <laughs> Dara, how you doing tonight? Wonderful. Wonderful indeed. Uh, and <laughs> the reason I have you guys both on, is again, through the through unofficial sponsor of the week, House parties, magical technology, and this is just so weird because I've never had anybody watch me do the podcast. I guess, <laughs> or not two people. This is, I mean, makes no sense to the listeners, but it's going to take a couple minutes to get used to. Anyway, let's be serious. We're here to talk about the actual season four, like outlandish theory show, but for Southern Charm, the Bravo smash hit Southern Charm. Uh, it's a show that Dara turned me on to last year. It's a show that got Cindy listening to the podcast, 
Um, it's true. Since then, she's become a pundit more often than <laughs> previously. So Southern Charmers brings people together. And the good news is uh, we were all in Charleston together. And we pretended we were doing like season four reconnaissance. We were really just on vacation. But we did do a lovely outdoor podcast. A little different weather outside today. But we're going to do the actual season four yeah. preview. So we were very lucky that, that Southern Charm put together a How They Got There preview show. Um, which for people like me who didn't watch the first season or the second season, it just helped me understand better where they all came from. But um, do you guys mind starting in the present tense? And first of all, what were your most gripping thoughts or things you're most curious about? I'll start with Dara. Um, from the season four preview trailer, which they showed at the end. Every season, it's all about Catherine. She is reality television gold. Um so she's going to be sober, we think, mm -hmm. this season, because in the off-season, I think she went to rehab. She may or may not have lost her kids. I, I think she did lose her kids. Actually, I'm saying may or may not. <laughs> I think it's confirmed. Yeah, if it's, if it's yeah. the truth, just tell us. <laughs> yeah. Well, T-Rab is, like, posting all sorts of social media. This is her ex. Yeah. Um, baby daddy. Uh, and also cast member of the show. And... He's posting all the social media from California with their two very young children. So that makes me sad and concerned for her, really. Yeah. But. Yeah, okay. So, Cindy, aside from Catherine Dennis and T-Rath Saga, which pretty big pretty big bite of the apple, and I'm sure we're going to cover that. Yeah. But but for sake of, you know, keeping the show moving forward, what stuck out to you besides that that story arc that you are that you were really kind of, I don't know, that the preview show kind of got you pumped for or and or concerned about? You know, a couple other storylines I think they alluded to was uh, Shep, and almost seeming like Shep and Craig have switched places now. Yes. That Shep is the one out partying all night, and they're finding him, you know, asleep till two in the afternoon. It shows Cameron going over there to check on him. Uh, Cigarette butts everywhere. Also, yeah, just like a total mess. I mean, what was, what was crazy about that is, because again, I didn't watch season one or season two yeah. even, but Shep alluding to the fact that New Craig doesn't sleep anymore. He hardly eats. Code word for right. he may be using illicit substances. Exactly. Um, the guy had to move back in with his parents. And my right. question to you guys is, is this the season that Shep has to move back in with his parents? No. <laughs> no, I mean, Shep has to move back in with his parents. Because he's, he's wealthy, right. Yeah. Yeah. He's also, like, 37 or 38. And Craig's, like, in his 20s still, I think, right? Is it? I don't even, Go ahead, there. It's it's that's a stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so I'm I'm a little worried about Shep. But let me ask a question about Shep, and I'm going to stay in the, in the preview land here for a minute. Who is the guy that isn't Craig or any of the other male cast members who is kind of yelling at Shep? I believe probably in L.A. And who's the girl that they're obviously in some kind of a love triangle or like whatever with? Who, who's that guy? Do Wait, we know? Derek, do you know this girl? Because she was on Survivor. This girl, Chelsea. Wait, what? Yeah. All right, yeah. Cindy, it sounds like you have the scoop. Let's go with this. What do you got? It's just because I stalk all these people on Instagram. Which is why you're on the show, um, so that's good. <laughs> there's this new guy named Austin. Um, I think he's like a friend of a friend there. And there's this other girl named Chelsea Meissner, maybe. Okay. And I feel like she was on, I feel like season 11, maybe, of Survivor. Taking me, that's taking me back, because I think we're... Yeah, might be a while ago now, but... Like, 
apparently there's like a love triangle there and he is he is a new full-time cast member this guy austin okay i believe girl too is she the new girl like i don't know i think they tried out a few like different girls in Catherine's absence because i don't think she's in it for the whole season that's my thought and then true they realize blows right in yeah, right. You, with yeah. no Catherine Dennis, you got no show. Not one that anybody's going right. to watch. Okay. So, all right. So we don't necessarily know who that guy is. Because I just wanted to know if that guy was like a long lost character from season one or something that I just didn't know about. No, so he's Brandy. new. Yeah. Okay. And, and does it seem like these guys, now that they're more famous, it sounds like one, they're intermingling with even greater. I think one of the things you guys have both kept me apprised of, maybe I'll get Darius take on this first, is the burgeoning like bromance, if you will, but, but you know, uh, of the Vanderpump cast. And the Southern Charm cast. And they're not all bros because most of them are ladies. My point is the, the cross-pollination of those two shows from Charleston to L.A. has led to a lot of social media stuff. Uh, any juicy tidbits that you might see? Or is there any rumors of crossover appearances by the Vanderpump chumps or, or not chumps? I mean, I hope Stassi makes an appearance. Um, that would be amazing. That would be great. Honestly, it would blow my mind to see her yeah. in that world. She goes there. So Stassi from Vanderpump Rules. Who is a the main one of the mainstays of that show mm-hmm. um, has become friends with Craig and Naomi, and there was like all these rumors that she was like hooking up with Craig, which like she was like, "Hi, I'm a girl's girl. I'm actually more in love with Naomi than with Craig." As we right. Know. right, and so she goes there. Like she's probably been there three times in the last months. I want to say, and they went to LA uh, once as well. So. There's been a lot of crossover, and then there was also Vanderpump Rules Summer House crossover, which is also a show on Bravo. Right. Uh, so it's been a lot of like intermingling of cast, which I love. I yeah, love it's always good. I mean, if you have a couple good franchises of real people and they they can cross over, just because I mean, it just further deepens the pockets of Andy Cohen, who is making all the money right now, right? Um, yeah. And nothing's wrong with that at all. Uh, oh. Andy, you're welcome on the filibuster freestyle anytime you'd like to come on. <laughs> The other thing I wanted to touch on in the beginning of the show was the very end of last year. There was the ball, whatever kind of cotillion ball or whatever it was. Founders ball. Founders ball. Thank you, Dara. Yeah. And there was – Shep, as always, brings some, like, girl from town that he found lying around, you know, town with him. But she says, like, a bombshell at the end, which I had forgot about, which was, like, do you think Thomas is going to tell Catherine that he slept with Landon or something like that? And Shep just goes, a what? <laughs> And I forgot, I forgot that Shep, like, clearly it did happen. Clearly they are both excellent liars, and even Shep yeah. didn't know. So that, like, that's got to come out, right? Yeah. I have to imagine that that's, like, alluded to heavily in the first episode. But, like, these shows have a way, I feel like, of, I don't know, they drop a bomb like that, and then they'll, like, address it two episodes into the season, and mm-hmm. barely, because, like, really, what do they have? I don't know, but... Okay. Um, I mean, I look. If we could pick up at that moment, that would be. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, that'd be huge. Also, sounds like maybe they should because again, if if they have to maximize the Catherine Dennis time, then they're going to need right. to go with material they already have, maybe versus material that they weren't able to get. Let's go way back to the beginning. Unless you guys have anything kind of from the very end of season three that you want to like relive right now. I could relive the dinner party literally every day of my life. I just want to wake up, watch it, and then go on with my day. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, I'm good. 
All right, well, well, maybe maybe the folks at fill maybe the folks at filibusterfreestyle.com can start a meme contest where uh, we'll put up maybe a photo or a video of that dinner party and people can hashtag new things on it because that way Dara can get a little taste of creativity and that dinner scene. So if the crack research team wants to get on that, that sounds good. Cindy, anything on your on your end? And we'll get back to that maybe before the end of the show too. But I just if anything from the, from the end of season three that really sticks out to you. Um, I don't think so. No, I think I agree. The dinner party was amazing, and I like how they end every season with that. I feel like, um, yeah, so it's like a trap. It's a two rap tradition to, to ruin everybody's yeah. night with at, at, like dur- right. during 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 hors d'oeuvres, which is the best part yeah. about it. Well, he's on several unknown substances, allegedly. Well, the the, the, the cocktail mix as Dara and I covered last spring was phenomenal. I mean, whatever it was, <laughs> it was working right. I don't let me go back to the very beginning. I love that they had Cameron narrate the whole thing, first of all. She's the best. Right. I mean, both you got... Number one, I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so do you guys think that the only way she'll continue to keep doing the show, besides the paycheck, is just for them to give her more like legitimate things to do away from the rest of the crazy people? Do you think that's why she narrated it? I feel like she's the only one who could really be the narrator, let's be serious. Yeah. Um, but also, I think she has, like, a good overtone and sort of, like, outsider's perspective that lends itself to that type of role. Okay. Gotcha. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. And let me ask you yeah. guys, let me ask you guys this. So, I didn't realize that Cameron, in between seasons one and two, that's when she got engaged. So, did they cover any of she her... Got married. Got married. I'm yeah. sorry. Correct. So did yeah. they did they cover any of her dating life or her like engagement life at all in season one? I don't. I mean, I didn't watch season one, but I don't think so. I think it. I think I remember maybe seeing a reunion or something, and it came as like a surprise. And J- Jason, it's Jason, right? Yeah. He's never been in any of it, so I don't think he was even maybe alluded to in season one. But are there rumors that he's going to be on? Uh, Dara, did you tell me that that he might be on a little bit this year? Or is that am I making? He seems like a total gem. I feel like I would like him the most out of all of them. Which is probably why he's out on the show because he probably hates them all. Yeah, and he's also like a doctor, and he's like, guys, yeah. I'm like really saving lives. So yeah, like, guys, I, I, this actually is life and death. Mm-hmm. All right, my favorite thing that I didn't know until today about season one when I watched the How They Got Here special on Bravo hashtag free publicity is that two of the two of the nicknames that one from Whitney and one from T Rav about pre baby Catherine Dennis were she was a Senate Barbie in the Senate. Oh, so that was one of Dara's notes and then a hillbilly femme fatale oh fa- hillbilly femme fatale that's phenomenal Amazing. so all I can say is knowing what I know now those are both well the first, second one is dead on <laughs> yeah First of all, like, hear them describe her. So, like, again, I didn't watch season one. I'm going to go back and watch it, like, as a, like, a historian um, at some point. But <laughs> to listen to them describe her was, from different perspectives, was amazing. Because I think T-Rav was who called her Senate Barbie. Yes. Whitney, who called her the hillbilly femme fatale. And I was like, that sounds, all of them are right. Um, also, guys talk about how like smoking Catherine was in season one like oh super yeah 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 in my in my notes 
And I wasn't going to bring it up because I felt like I might get just, you know, I, I'm the worst one to bring it up. But like, I can see what they were, I can see why people were making the mistake yeah. over and over again. I mean, like, damn, right? I mean, I didn't, I didn't know because I didn't, I never saw it. And I was just like, okay, like, I can see why you would completely make that mistake a couple times. Yes. I also like never knew exactly how she fell into the whole storyline and everything. So it was helpful to know that like background that she was a page in the Senate. So that's how she must have met T-Rab mm -hmm. kind of weaseled her way into the group a little bit. Nice. Okay. Let's, you guys both showed me copies of your notes that the, the viewers can't, the listeners can't see. Why don't you guys hit me with a bullet point by bullet point. Why don't you, Dara, you start, give me the next bullet point you had after that. Let's cover some stuff you want to cover. And then we'll have Cindy do it. We'll go by seasons and we'll we'll work our way back to the present tense. Um, by seasons. Well, well what, what was your next bullet point after the Senate hillbilly, hillbilly? That little blurb about each person for the, for the crew. So I have Chef passionate about leisure. That was the tagline I also took from. Amazing. And I was like. That sums him up perfectly. And it looks like he's now pushing that to a point where maybe he's too good at leisure. But that's okay. We're yeah. going to find out. Okay. Who would you have next? I have a T-Rav. Um, substance abuser, misogynist, perv? <laughs> <laughs> it gets worse and worse as it goes. So, go ahead, I, I wrote something about Whitney next. What do you this got? This is literally my next note after Senate Barbie. I wrote Whitney, Liam Gallagher, haircut. Season one. Oh, Liam, Ga oh, Liam Gallagher. Gallagher. I couldn't hear the first part. Yeah, Liam Gallagher haircut for sure in season yeah. one. I will yeah. say that his L.A. stylist has gotten better yes. progressively as as they've yeah. probably become more famous and, and the stylists have gotten better and been like, Whitney, you don't want that haircut anymore, buddy. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like yeah. the, the fifth Beatle, right? That's not what you want to go for when you're a man about town uh, and, and by Coastal. Let me ask you this question about Catherine Dennis that we've talked about, okay? She obviously was clearly a looker. And still still a good looking girl, Catherine. I know I know that you're a big fan of listening to the podcast when you're when you're out doing your stuff or and or someone might get back to you or not. But I still think you're a good looking lady. I'm just saying I get it. Totally. But totally. But do you guys think that she seemed also to be slightly less nuts then? And do you think it has anything to do with her playing up being nuts because it, it works and it gets people to watch the show? Or do you think that's like a really – because she just had so many intertwining relationships, so many so much bad blood that she really just is nuts. Like where do we fall on her? Like is how much is an act? How much is slant to the, the, the producers and how much is her actually oh. dipping yeah, deeper yeah. into like a rage? Yes. Excellent question. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I feel like – she came, she started the show, she was like probably 22 and a half, smoking hot, as we've said, and 100% crazy. She was, okay. And completely unaware of the cameras at that point. Oh. Her first so I think that um, men might be willing to overlook some of the crazy because of mm -hmm. the way she looked. Correct. Okay, so but now she's like, it, so she's evolved into... A mom, like you know, like she was in a relationship, like a yeah. serious relationship. I mean, so like she's a completely different person. But by the way, like no time has passed. It's been like twelve months. She has like kids, like like a husband. So like or not a husband, whatever. 
so it's weird. And she's also aware of the cameras. So, like, I just think that she is still crazy, but I think she was always crazy. But All it's right. just, like, circumstances now. Different lenses. Right, okay. So, like, her situation lends her craziness to appear more, which is what the producers want because it's what sells. Right, right. Okay. And then... Do you guys think anybody on the show possesses her a bit? Like, she's the best. Maybe this really is the most hillbilly part about her is, like, she's a foul mouth. Like, when she's, oh. ma- when she's mad about somebody and then she's, like, and, you know, family podcast, everybody, but I'm not going to. But she'll be, like, that MFGD. Like, like, she'll just make, like, she'll work in all the insults. If you, like, she can't just call you an effing B. She has to call you an MFing GD, like, H double E hockey stick. Garden tool, son of a gun, B. Like, she gets them all in there. And she, like, the you can see the rage filling up to her eyeballs. It's unbelievable. She went, she went on this tangent about Landon in this special and said that Landon's trying to monkey branch her way down through the dudes and then called her a damn Tarzan B. Yeah, that must have, that was, that's what I mean. I was like, wow, that was such creative insulting. Good job. I mean, it was so good, though. Question. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm putting Landon on one side and Catherine on one side, whose team are you on? Catherine, no question. Hundred percent. I love no that question. Yeah. But I, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Cindy. Also about Landon. Like I remember her in season two when they introduced her, and I really liked her. Like I thought she seemed super cool, super chill. She was one of Shep's friends, like, totally fine. She seemed like she was getting her life back together, which, like, you respect that. But then they made her so pathetic and annoying in season three. It's yeah. crazy how much of a 180, like, the producers, I think it's producer-driven, made with her. It's I think nuts. they need a storyline, you know, yeah. for people. And they were like, you're going to be in love with Shep this season. Yeah. Right? And, like, they made her... I. I don't know if they made her or they encouraged her to like profess her love, which he did the best red wine spit take of all time after she said that to him. But like, I don't think they did her any favor. Felt like she was super annoying. Yeah, I thought that was real. That part was really, um, again, kind of surprising because I didn't know the backstory from when she started on the show was that they were friends from business school and that he had gone after her and she was with somebody and was like, nah, dude, we're friends. So I thought it was really funny that. She did that 180 and was like, well, actually, friend who I wasn't into then and who's continued to be like an, have an inability to be in a serious relationship or treat women as more than like objects or like miss right now. Again, no offense, Shep. You, you said it. But anyway. Um, but, but yeah, for her to be like, oh, maybe I'm in love with you. Even the way she said it, like maybe I'm supposed to be in love with you. I thought, now that you bring it up that way, I'm sure the producers yeah. were like – you're supposed to be in love with Shep this season. If you want to be on camera, you got to be in love with Shep. Yeah. I felt like I really did like an armchair analysis on Landon after I watched that special because it, it reminded me how Shep was like, oh, yeah, everyone was in love with Landon. Like, right. Love and they showed like all these pictures back and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Landon yeah. Was a girl, she was a right? cool girl. She was the cool girl. Yeah. Everyone had a crush on her. She was unattainable for everyone except who was her boyfriend or whatever. Right. And she got married. She moved to the West Coast, so that makes her even more unattainable. Mm-hmm. And then she comes back to Charleston, and she's divorced, and it's a different situation, and she's almost, you know, 30 or however old she is. 
again, not judging, but it's just like a different set of circumstances. And so right. now she's like a little thirsty. It, it, it appears on camera. Uh-huh. Like, safe space, safe space. Let me ask you this, because I still have an answer, but, but Patricia, Whitney's mom, is definitely on team Landon. Yes. Thanks, she hates Catherine. She hates Catherine, Dan. It's because she's, you know, a hillbilly. Um, hillbilly from the town. So, is Patricia, I mean, so what do you think Patricia likes so much about Landon that, that you all don't? I feel like it's maybe a producer-driven storyline because they have to bring Patricia in somehow. And they're right. like, well, you can mentor Landon and give her this purple fur to wear to the Founders Ball and, like, give her relationship advice about how she's going to reel in Shep even though he's bringing a date to the Founders Ball. So I think, yeah. Yes. Okay, so Dara's in full agreement. Just okay. trying to work her in. Yeah, they need it. They need Patricia. They need a Patricia storyline always. So. Right, and the thing is, it sounds like Patricia. I mean, obviously, she's Whitney's mom. Right. Whitney clearly has inherited his wealth. You know, because wasn't Whitney one of the original producers of the show? Um, you know, I don't know if he was an original one, but he's a producer now. So. Yeah, I think he's in this season a lot less too. I think he kind of bowed out a little bit. Okay, but, but I'm wondering because I know Kath. I'm sorry, Patricia loves to be filmed, right? So, you know, if if he's got to keep. Producing and you know I'm now the show self-sustaining, but I'm sure I'm sure he borrowed some money from mom or something to get in the mix of the producer or something. And you know you got to keep oh, mom happy. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you just think she's on Team Landon because somebody need to be on Team Landon. Well, I also think she doesn't. I think she doesn't like Catherine for obvious having children out of wedlock and you know. All she's done stuff. a lot of things that a genteel Southern belle would not yeah. approve of, but right. either publicly or probably privately. All right, yes. let's let's talk about uh, you guys' favorite character from last season, Naomi, who's Craig's girlfriend. And again, I don't really know what she's doing with that guy. And I love new Craig. I love Craig. I love Craig. But like, he she seems to have her s together big time. And he is, while he's doing better than he was doing in season two, he's a total jabron. Um, I don't know. What do you guys have for notes on Na- Naomi, Cindy? What do you got? I think she's awesome. I still stand by everything I said about her on the previous podcast. It's interesting to see them fighting on yeah. uh, season four. I think he could have the most to lose on season four if she, you know, they were to break up. I know they haven't, but you know, he, yeah, he's outkicked his coverage there. He needs to hang on to her. She's amazing. Okay, and and Dara, do you, what do you forecast? Is she gonna have a bigger role here in season four? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. And you know what? I think it's a mistake that they didn't make her like a full-time cast member. Yeah. Probably yeah. don't maybe need to. I know that sounds mean, but like they, they know that she's going to film with Craig. And so they can get two for the price of one. You know, like they can pay someone else to be a full member. I'm sure they give her money, but she just probably need the money. So They sell enough HelloFresh meals on Instagram. So, <laughs> you know. Is that what she does? Buy wear sunglasses. Uh, wow, you guys are re- you guys are just re- being reeled in by her uh, her mesmerizing salesmanship. Wow, so true. Uh, I don't think she needs the money. I think she needs to be on the show, but she'll obviously film with her boyfriend. I think again, I think it's a little bit of a manufactured storyline that they're like having trouble. Like I don't think. Yeah, I think he knows like what he's got. And I, my notes about Craig were talented, Mr. Ripley. <laughs> talented, Mr. Ripley. An homage to the great Matt Damon. 
Okay, so I still about him. I'm like, I think he came down like from Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, came to Charleston, and was like, "Yep, this will do." I'm gonna have yeah. That you know, and he found Naomi. And I'm not saying their love's not real. I do believe in them, um, but I think he just really wants that life. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. I mean, I as as you guys know, I saw him in Charleston. I was at a basketball game. And I got invited up to one of the, the suites for the, you know, not VIPs, but people, you know, we got to know somebody to get in. I happen to know somebody to get in. Definitely saw New Craig. I, I now think I, he was with Naomi, who's taller than I thought she was. But he is much taller than I thought he was. He's very tall. And he's actually very, I mean, that's why he looks so good on camera. He's very tall. Well, he's, he's, he's very thin. Very, very thin. Not like emaciated, but like he's, you know, he's like camera thin. If you're very thin, the camera makes you look regular. Um, you yeah. know, which is why I do a radio show. Uh, anyway, and <laughs> the important thing, the important thing is that he was, yeah, he's probably 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and I thought he was like 5'10", probably. Wait. Yeah, he was taller than I he's thought. He's lost a lot of weight, I feel like, in between seasons. Oh. Well, you know. All those, well, all those HelloFresh meals. <laughs> of course. It's all about protein, paleo, you know, plant-based diet like TB12, unofficial sponsor of the week, Tom Brady. is now selling food. Tom Brady's doing great. He's taking less less money than he deserves in the NFL, but now he sells like ninety ninety thousand dollar pajamas on UnderArmor.com. Ninety dollar, not ninety thousand. That'd be way crazy. But just for putting his name on it. So TB's making all his money over here. Uh, new Craig's trying to cash in, and he's looking good. I love it. All right, let's see thoughts on season two. Again, I didn't see much of it, but what's did anything from the where how they got here special jog your memory, guys, on things that blew your mind in season two? That was the that was the season that I first started watching where, like, Catherine and Kirab were living on the plantation, like, outside of town. Yeah, Monk's Corner and, or wherever. Yeah, and he would, like, go into town to work and, like, right. like 6 a.m. and, well, maybe not 6 a.m., uh, but from, like, 10 a.m. until 2 a.m. <laughs> right, he was doing 20-hour days. He was doing 20-hour days. Yeah, all day doing God knows what, and she was just, like, in this, like, on this plantation with this little, with little baby Kenzie, like, losing, slowly losing her mind. It was, right. like, tough. That was tough. I felt, I felt for her, like, as mom. <laughs> like, I was like, ooh. That's so tough. isolating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that might have been the, the thing that really sent her over the edge, was basically, he's like, all right, I'll be, with, I'll be together with you, because you're my baby mama, but I'm taking you out of town. <laughs> and here's what you're going to do. And like, I'm not going to change my life at all. You're going to be the little kept wife. And it's like, you know who you had a baby with? That's not her. Yeah, she's, right. not, she's not kept by anybody But besides. No. Only God can judge her, as Tupac once said. <laughs> That's how that is. Cindy, anything to stick out to you from season two? Yeah, I think season two was just that storyline in particular. And then also how Craig was just kind of falling down the rabbit hole of partying. And they were all trying to have an intervention with him basically and then at the end of the season he ended up going home to delaware to his parents right. house um after not having taken the bar and Which, not really having a job by the way but he, he took it really just took the bar though and he I, just they, they posted it on social media as if like he had just become the U.S. attorney. Or he won the Nobel Prize. So basically, <laughs> they gave him a medal for doing something that every aspiring lawyer has to do. Wow. Yeah. The, what they were talking about in season 
two, and as season four was about to premiere, he just did that. Right. Yeah. So, so to your point, Derek, they've basically pumped out now a fourth season in probably 18 months of real time, maybe two years of real time? Yeah. Okay. Which is crazy because your husband, who does our Game of Thrones podcast, we started the Game of Thrones season six pods last year before I even knew Southern Charm was a show. And Southern Charm season four is going to end before season seven of Game of Thrones comes back, which is the complete shows you the opposites of what Bravo's got to do and what HBO's got to do. HBO's got to tease the crap out of the last 13 episodes of Game of Thrones over two years. And Southern Charm's like, we're just going to put a bunch of fecal matter in a box, say it's guaranteed, good to go, and we're going to put it on TV. Turn and burn. Turn and burn. Right. And if Craig ever becomes a lawyer, you know what? That's his business. Who friggin' cares? Whatever. <laughs> True. All right. So any more notes or outlandish theories from either of you guys on either season three or going into season four outlandish theories? I'm out of kind of my notes that I wanted to hit on, but I'm sure there's more. Uh, either one of you guys. I'm curious to know. Okay, so last season, Catherine was like persona non grata. Nobody wanted to film with her. Like they wouldn't even film with her. Right. Literally right. called Cameron, who we haven't really talked about Cameron that much. This this pod, which is a mistake. That's on us. We can we can we can get there. I mean, we can get there. Let's rectify this. Let's rectify it right now. But go ahead. Uh, as I wrote down, she is the perfect alt Southern Belle. Like she is like the non Southern Belle, and I just I literally worship like her. Her Instagram account gives me life, like where she like fake promotes products because she's making fun of everyone else on yep. reality promotes product, including like Craig and Nick. Hello, fresh people. <laughs> but I love her. She's like a doll. Um, but now, like, so Catherine last season called Cameron, who's the nicest person, and said, "I really like to meet up." And and Cameron was like. No, thank you. And like, used to film with her. Like, that's a that's a hard stance. Right. And first of all, over the last six months, I've seen several Instagram pictures of them together. Yeah. And then this season, they're on the couch, like, and she's like, "So, tell me about uh, kids. How are they doing?" You're like, "What? Like, what? My mind is blown. Like, what is happening? I, I'm confused." Sydney, so, any takes on what's going on there? Or? Well, I would hope that. You know, one of the scenes that they show in the previews now, Bravo producers are genius. So I feel like I can never trust what they're showing me. Right. But they, but Catherine's basically saying, I really messed up. And so I hope she comes back a little bit humble and a little bit contrite, just saying to people, like, listen, I, I messed up. And like I, you know, I want to be better. I want to be a good friend. And I feel like maybe she would win. You know, Cameron over, over maybe. Every yeah. Cameron, thank you. Over on, um, you know, getting everyone back in her good graces. Okay, two, two, good thought. And, and my my question on that, I have two questions on that. One that I'll ask in a minute. Just remember, I have another one, and it has to do with politics. And I'll get I'll get back to it if I forget. But I, I'm actually my my one question maybe for Dara is. Do you think that Cameron and the producers got together and did that whole no thank you piece on filming next year to make people think they weren't going to film and then really they either use that as a, as a reason to get Catherine Dennis to play ball and come back and like be a normal person and or Cameron just try to help sell some magazines, you know, like and, and try to start drama or do you think it, you know, any, any, th any, any conspiracy theory thoughts there on your end, Dara? You know what, probably a 
little bit of both. I mean, do I think that the producers maybe played a heavy hand in getting Catherine to rehab, like for the sake of her family, her kids, the show? Everything, also? yeah. Um, probably. Okay, now. That's dark. It's so dark. They paid for that rehab, 100%. Andy Cohen paid for that rehab. Yeah. But really, didn't we all as the consumers pay for it? She's the show. She is the show. Yeah. All right. And, and we have we we've this country has had a love affair with numerous volatile reality television stars. One of whom who happens to have a very important job right now that he started in January. And something and I'm not trying to get into politics, but something that Cindy said, which was maybe Catherine came back and was being contrite and blah blah blah. Do we think she has it in her to do it for more than like six days? Oh no, <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. Because the big guy doesn't. Number numero forty-five does not have the ability to just stay on the straight and narrow for more than like. I mean, it sounds like every time, every Sabbath day, it sounds like you know his son-in-law, who seems like just runs it, runs his day for him and keeps him out of trouble. You know, he's a, he's an observing, practicing member of the Jewish faith, and on Saturday you shut it down, and it seems like. That's the one day when that's the one day when that guy goes when that guy goes nuts is when his son-in-law is at a, a, a temple, a synagogue. So my point is, unless the producers are going to be up in her business twenty-four-seven, she's going to piss Cameron and everybody else off real quickly. Because I just flash back to the end of the Founders Ball when she couldn't look any crazier than she looked at that moment. But her her she accused Landon of being crazy when it was really like, no, I can see it in your eyes. You're crazy. Yeah, there's no way, like, uh, what's the say? I feel like we said this saying last season when we were talking about Southern Charm, but, like, even a broken clock strikes twice a day. Like, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to happen. Like, she's going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And that's what the show's really all about, am I right? So, okay. All right. What do we think about a couple more bit characters I want to get into? At least one. Our boy, JD, we went to his bar, had... <laughs> Subpar service, and then we learn in real life oh it is now closed. So, beautiful bar. Um, great location. Um, bartender. Tough. Ador- adorable. Can we? Very cute. 23, had two brain cells and zero bartending experience. So, that was interesting. Yeah, so this is actually worth, like, you know, we, we went to this bar after our podcast in Charleston, and we were way too inebriated to try to actually podcast. I think I actually tried to press play when I reviewed it. Like the next day, I'm like, "Yep, that's not that's not even I can't even comprehend what we're talking about." Um, but we all were comprehending the fact that it was that kid's first night. Yeah. That his father came in to basically help him, like not help him actually behind the bar make drinks, but to basically Google tell him drink. tell him how drinks are made by googling what the hell the drink is. JD, you're a quasi quasi celebrity. You. Open a bar on like the busiest street in Charleston. Like, of course you're closed if you're giving that kid a chance. Yeah. That kid's got a bar back for a straight up year before he can bartend. Or you gotta hire somebody who's already made drinks. Not somebody who needs his dad to come in and be like, let me look that up for you on Ask Jeeves, the official search engine <laughs> of the filibuster freestyle. That's the second Ask Jeeves comment and if you We're gonna work Ask Jeeves in every week until Ask Jeeves ask.com <laughs> gives us some money. That's just fair. But He's so lucky. F- That's right. <laughs> buy some buy some fresh meals, <laughs> whatever they're called. What are they called? Oh, oh HelloFresh? HelloFresh. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Okay, got it. Um, all right, nice. 
Well, what do you guys think is going to happen with JD? Are we going to get more JD or less of JD in season four? Uh, I think it's like a good character that like moves the story forward. So like, yeah. he, they like him for the same reason that like, I mean, I think Cameron's actually legitimately friends with all of these people. Like, she cares for them, but, like, she moves the story forward. She moves, a, like, a narrative forward. I think he's that guy. And, but he's not, I don't enjoy seeing his face on television, if I'm being honest. That's fair. <laughs> Cindy, anything to add on JD? Uh, yeah, I agree. He's He's kind of, like... Uh, your basic ancillary character that you like to see, like, kind of scoot in and out. You don't really want to focus, like, even half an episode on him. But he's entertaining to see, at the very least. That laugh is pretty unforgettable. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. In the uh, in the preview, there's just a, a, a classic, drunken, like, taking a swig of, of, of bourbon, JD cackle. And I miss that cackle so much. So I'm ready for it. Yeah, it will be there. I feel like just hopefully not too much. Yeah, like a sprinkling of him. I did of all of the, when we went to Charles before you guys got there. Like we were desperate. Like wait, I was desperately like looking for a run-in with anyone. And, <laughs> um, I did stumble across the Gentry Hospitality uh, uh, Global Headquarters. Uh, yeah, headquarters. <laughs> Ground Zero. Uh, <laughs> there i'll send it to you for the for the website yeah. oh perfect yeah maybe i'll use it as the cover <laughs> yeah gentry gentry hospitality i love it um <laughs> that's right oh man well you tell you what you're probably more qualified than craig was to run his his liquor division so you should ask for a job while you're there do you guys pick up that they're just des- i think they're desperately trying to either manufacture or Focus on drama on the male side of the cast. I feel like they they, they know what they have in Catherine. They know that that's going to go on its own way, and anything they can get out of her is going to be gold relative to everybody else. But it seems like what they're trying to do to keep the brand is like, can we get some dude drama? These guys will all still talk to each other. They're all still going out and trying to do what they've always been trying to do, but now they're just doing it, and they're famous. So actually, it can only go better from like a goldmine standpoint, right? I think so, absolutely. Uh, I think they're trying to definitely mix up some of the drama because it can't always be about Catherine and T-Rab. So whether it's produced a little bit, though, um, you know, I think they're definitely feeding them lines, like we said. But absolutely, yeah, they have to, you know, give everyone a little bit of the pie. Okay, end of, end of the season. Who is going to end season four much better than they ended season three? Like, if you guys had each had a top choice on that, Dara, do you have one for us? Great question. Um, let's go with Cam's always going to be up. Shep might be on a decline. Right, because my other question is who's going to be the worst off? So if you think it's – yeah, you can answer that as well. I think Shep's going to be worse off, and it pains me to say it because I do adore that – lovable cat but he is I don't I don't know that he's going in the right direction he's like selling trucker hats online that are red (laughs) I don't know like and like random bar hats I'm not sure what he's doing in his life and like granted he doesn't have to do anything I get it but like also weird um I'm gonna go with Craig actually I think Craig's gonna be the best I think Craig's going to be on the upswing this season. I think 
they're going to manufacture a bit of a storyline, like where him and Naomi are on like a downward thing. And she's like, are you ever really going to be a lawyer? Whatever. But like, I feel, <laughs> I feel him on the up. I feel him on the upswing. Okay. So you have Craig, Craig trending up, Shep Rose trending down. That's from Dara. Okay. Oh. From Cindy Harrington. What do you think? What do you got? I'm so, I, this is maybe like the easy pick, but I think Catherine's going to be on the upswing. I don't think she can get much worse than she is, so I think it's kind of a cop-out answer, but I think she's going to work her way back into everyone's good graces, or at least try to, um, and end things on a positive note. For I, I actually agree with Shep. I think he's he has a lot to lose. Okay. And he doesn't doing so hot this, this uh, season. Yeah, okay, I got you there. I, I mean, I think the Shep answer is obviously the front-runner. I would yeah. say um, I think either T-Rav or Landon are going to be at the bottom of the heap. For I think I think, I think Landon's going to be at the bottom because they just have nothing to do with her. And, like, it's not that her yeah. life sucks. It's just that she's not on the show anymore. Um, right. And for, for, for T-Rav, I mean, he's too integral and too, too much of a, of a character to not be on the show. But I wonder – and again, this is from the masterful job the producers do of cutting up the editing to look so in- interesting. But yeah. it, it looks like if, 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 if Catherine Dennis does slide her way into the good graces of people like Cameron and others, I mean, where, where does that put T-Raf? And I mean, I, he's never in danger of not being interesting or not being on the show, but I feel like he may be out of second chances uh, you know he may be on his ninth life of nine lives with some of these people because now he's got two kids with this poor girl he basically made her nuts sent her to rehab like doesn't take responsibility for his for his kids until it was time to like litigate against his baby mama you know if, if Catherine can pivot this thing then i think he stands to lose the most besides shep who clearly is just bored and train wrecking down chain smoking cigarettes <laughs> i think you're totally right I think he's like, I think, T, first of all, I think this is T-Rav's last season. Okay. I do too. Okay. I think this I think is done. For him. Um, I think he knows he's like 30 years older than everyone else on the show. Yeah. Um, I think he's now living in California and like Palm Desert or somewhere. And I think he's just, um, I don't know, he's raising his kids. I'm not saying he's raising his kids. I think a nanny's raising Correct, but he he's basically taking on that full time parent role, and he's doing it yeah. out west. Okay, I think he's done. So I think we're not gonna. I don't think he's gonna come out on. Yeah, I don't think he, I agree with you. He's not gonna come out on top in any way, shape, or form. Okay, I like it. Well, listen, guys, really appreciate you doing this. Really appreciate you both being so into this show and getting me into this show because um, while I haven't been able to follow you guys down the rabbit hole of like Vanderpump Rules or. I mean, I just couldn't. I just couldn't do Desperate Housewives of Jersey. I almost, I almost, I almost killed myself. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Oh, the Real Housewives. Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm mixing, I'm mixing, I'm mixing shows about about wives. Um, speaking of speaking of wives, Bill 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 Paxton died from Big Love fame and other movies. That was sad. Um, just wanted to get you know pour some out for Bill Paxton. He's a great good actor. That was sad to hear. And he had multiple wives in that show. That character did. All right. Speaking of again, just you know, multiples. Let's. I'm just really bad segues tonight. As I as I close down what was a very long week for me work wise. Um, <laughs> the bottom line is 
The second annual filibuster freestyle bracketology, if you will, is coming out this week. Man Cook Goods' Jeremy Johnson is going to pick, pick, pick the bracket based on who has the better cuisine. Uh, and he's going to offer up some things you can make for your March Madness parties. And Roscoe P., who also moonlights uh, as a basketball coach, is going to come on and evaluate the picks that Jeremy makes in real time. That should be fun and interesting. Uh, and then we're going to actually do a live filibuster freestyle bracket that I'd like to invite you two ladies to join in. And anybody else who wants, we're going to put it on the Facebook page. So uh, people want to play a little March Madness, maybe some bragging rights, maybe, you know, whatever Cousin Doug comes up with for a prize. It's going to be awesome. And I just want to plug that right there right now. Tournament starts very soon. Uh, ladies, thanks for being on tonight. Stick around for a minute. We can catch up. And uh, we got to plan a, a reunion show of our own in Philadelphia soon. But, uh, Dara, thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. It's been too long since we talked about our favorite show. I agree. I agree. Cindy, thank you for being on as well. Thank you. You Appreciate got it. Of course. All right. All right. Everybody sit tight. And then filibusterfreestyle.com. Here comes the outro. Everybody enjoy your March Madness. Freestyle. That's the end of the podcast, folks. Follow us on Facebook. 
and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks.